we don't frequently do this. We're like, it's 1.30 a.m. on the East Coast for Tom. Hey, you know, um, if if this was a couple weeks ago, WrestleMania would still be going on. Tom, you don't get that joke? I have so many things happening right now. Was that like a Spider-Man song or something? I don't know. You... Sounds like comic adventures are going to happen. It's it. We, we we could hit. We could just turn the animated song back superhero. Up. Adventures. You recognize that sample? Maybe it is from Spider-Man. I don't know. But um, we got a we got a, we had a big pay-per-view today. Did you know? Did you know? Fourteen thousand people were packed into Madison Square Garden to watch <laughs> Terrence Crawford. <laughs> Fight Amir Khan on pay per view. Did you know? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's that makes fourteen thousand like people the, the top thirty shows in the United States in the last three, three years or something like that. Wow, they that's pretty pretty darn good. Wow, yeah, indeed, indeed. You know, it could have been worse. Could be the Rung Visai versus uh, Ishada fight, which I hear has sold not too many tickets. Uh, well, yes, it will do more than that. Uh, that is a true fact. So this will be a little looser because I got no list of things to talk about, but I got some points <laughs> yeah, that I want to really get. As, as I was driving back from the Garcia fight, I watched – I just streamed the fight ringside and I watched the crawford Con fight. I was seething in the car. Um, <laughs> not because Bob Arum is causing or, or is asking for people to boycott PBC. Not because Amir Khan quit. It's really this. I think the thing that I was – most unhappy about is whenever we get these big fights, it's always the least likely of outcomes. And the the the, the likely outcomes that we saw was well, Terrence Crawford is gonna knock out Amir Khan. Sure. Predictable. And then the other one was well Terrence Crawford will <laughs> win a decision, right? And what happens is that Terrence Crawford makes Amir Khan quit. And like you may be saying, well he still technically stopped him. Yes. But the one thing, the one thing that Amir Khan fans have clung to and those like a Max Kellerman who are so into this story of the fight stuff, the thing that they've clung to is Amir Khan has heart. He has heart. You're going to have to kill him in order to beat him because the guy will not quit. Oh, he quit. He quit. He just burst that narrative. What do you think? I think he took an illegal blow, which was possibly intentional. Oh, my God. Listen <laughs> I said to you. Possibly. Listen to you. Intention. <laughs> the, the best fighter on the planet has to illegally punch someone. Hey, look, I saw Zab Judah against Miguel Cotto. I saw Zab Judah hurt Miguel Cotto, and Miguel Cotto go super low in order to get a, get a few seconds to breathe. So are you. So you got to watch. Are you telling me because... Khan wasn't landing some shots that round? <laughs> uh, so you got to watch yourself because what you did was you made a comparison, which I get, I understand, I know what you're talking about. I, I'm just trolling, by the way. If you but watch people, the replay, but people uh, will take Crawford that the wrong was, way. Uh, cuffing, cuffing behind. Khan uh, was cuffing behind. Uh, oh my God! It's one. 40 in the morning on the East Coast. Uh, Khan was cuffing behind Crawford's head when the punch landed. So it looks like it was, you know, in earnest going for a body shot and the head was pulled down. So that makes it a low blow. We've seen that happen a thousand times. But it was a very hard shot. That's like when you grab someone from behind the head and pull down, almost always if they're throwing an uppercut, that is going low. 
Yeah, it was weird, though, because the broadcast didn't show the replay for almost a full 15 minutes. Like, they got through all the in-ring action. They only showed the replay once, and not again. I was wondering, like, what do they not want to show here? And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe they just didn't want to dwell on the stoppage coming from a low blow. I mean... They, they booed for like 10 I was, minutes. I was going to say, maybe one of the people who was booing Crawford on the way in said uh, a racial sl- racial slur or something, and they caught it on camera. I mean, God, I don't know. <laughs> it's not the best scene. Uh, lots of booing. Uh, Shakur Stevenson got booed, even though he's from New Jersey. Like, it's a weird, weird yeah, Why do you sh- think they got booed? You're the, you're the East Coast guy, so I, I don't know. you got to tell me about your people over there. What was going on? I don't I mean, you know, I was definitely following the reactions online and there was a lot of frustration among people on the Discord and on Reddit about like the hard sell. I mean, one of my, the other great like soundbite, <laughs> there were a lot of good soundbites. There was Crawford saying that wasn't a low blow. There was um <laughs> wasn't a low blow. Bob Arum saying that uh <laughs> everyone needs to boycott the PBC now. Um, there was Max Kellerman flexing about 14,000 in ticket sales. And he's like, oh, about yeah, Mark yeah, Mark Kriegel but, whining like, about Spence Al Heyman not talking to the media. I mean, well, or no, I was going to say, the, the capper was Mark Kriegel with the I'm not shilling here. Like, that is going to, like... That is going to come back so many times. I mean, he is the <laughs> shillingest shill that ever shilled. I mean, oh, the Joe Tessitore is really not yeah. happy with that. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, Joe Tessitore, even worse. But um, and Jim Lampley over there crying ringside, looking over, saying, "What about me?" Yeah. So I mean, regarding Stevenson, I mean, I, I I'm happy to get into any of this stuff. I mean, sure, I don't know. But I, I, I do I'm think dig in, but the, the 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 probably the deciding factor of whether to boo Shakur Stevenson or not is not that they mistook him for Adonis Stevenson, but <laughs> that he kind of. Did get into a little fight that got caught on camera recently? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that might have been, you know, might have had something to do with that. Yeah, I was so, I so wanted to make gifts. You know, I'm the gift oh, man. Oh, no, Tom. I wanted to post gifts. Tom. I know, uh, I know, uh, air quotes, Adam, <laughs> kayfabe name Adam, also known as MDA, um, was, uh, was, would not stand for that he doesn't like that i i at one post point had posted on the sub the world star hip-hop video of uh crawford's side piece getting in a fist fight with his baby mama while he was standing by just staring at them like a psychopath and uh he didn't he didn't allow that to go on the sub so i didn't think he would like like this either he doesn't like that tabloid stuff well we said this is going to be very loose it's 1:40 in the morning you know i mean i don't take orders from him so you, sh- you should have posted but yeah it. I, I, I it might it might make a comeback at some point in the future. It's the videos on Live Link for or Live Link, excuse me, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Just search for Shakur Stevenson. You don't want to Do, have a video. Does that video on- have more views than what this pay per view buys are going to be? Uh I you know I'm sticking to my guns that I could see two thousand or two hundred thousand. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, the fourteen thousand attendance, not a really good sign. I have to say the the. Activity on the sub was pretty good, but part of that was because of just like the craziness that happened during the show. Well, um, I think Amir Khan brings a lot of people out. Now, whether those are paying well, customers, or, well, right, and also are they paying customers in the U.S.? I mean, you know, BT Sport did almost or more promotion than Top Rank, and I'm not really saying that as an insult to anyone. It's just like they did a lot of promotion at least like a month out. Like Top Rank did 
really almost nothing until the last few days. Seem to have done a pretty good job in the last few days. I'll I'll give them that credit for sure. But uh, which is when like you know virtually every pay per view buy comes in. But um, yeah, BT Sport was heavily promoting it, so I might have done something in the UK, and that shows up on the sub because it's all just you know English speaking. Well, American you know, is even, super like, popular in the UK. Like, I, I am not shocked at all by the online activity. Like this to me, next to a Golovkin fight or a Lomachenko fight, is like. Um, like just one of those online Super Bowl uh, events for for you know the online community, because I mean I followed Amir Khan's rise. I mean Amir Khan's one of these fighters who's risen up through the age of social media, uh, specifically like Reddit and stuff. So we can track when Amir Khan basically got popular. Uh, that started to uh, like it's almost like it went hand in hand with like the the rise of you know, being in forums and stuff like on Reddit and Twitter and just following that. And Amir Khan's always been somebody that has rallied the troops for whatever reason. Yeah, um, that's that's true. He's always had a huge online presence, but we really don't need to get into the weeds tonight. Oh, I mean, you want to talk about the fact that Amir Khan was wobbled off of the first punch that Terrence Crawford landed? Or do you want to talk about the narrative that... Amir Khan was getting back into the fight. And I know you're being sarcastic earlier, but there are certainly yes, people I out was. there, and I saw it in the Discord. There's certainly <laughs> people out there that thought that. Like, what what were these people watching? Well, I wasn't he was watching landing. the same fight. He was landing. You know, I'm still debating what clip, like, you know, I went on a two week troll fest building up to the moment that I could post the Khan Crawford knockout gif and on hold Monday on. morning. See, I want to say something about that. I think. It, with you doing that, and, and I thought it was a brilliant idea. I loved it from the start. But I think you kind of actually did more to promote this event than ESPN did. Um, well, that's a complicated statement. Look, you I, rallied the I, troops, I, man. Oh, I did, and that was fun. And that's why I said, like, I didn't have, like, you know, I'm not sitting here with evil in my heart. I just knew, like, well, here's the thing I can do. Like, he's been knocked. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, it's like, but yeah, it's like he's been knocked down somewhere between nine and 11 times, depending on how you do the math. Like, do you count a knockout <laughs> as a knockdown? Okay, anyway. So I'm like, no, that's a lot. I'll do a countdown. Like, people do countdowns. Like, that's the thing we do on the sub. So I was right, like, well, okay. It's now I'll, a square dozen. I'll kind of cue all that up. Well, yeah, he's got the uh, the knockdown here. But um, – and I, I just like – you know, I knew people would respond. I didn't think people would respond so strongly the way that they did. I mean there are people calling me crazy like every and day. Just like I've, I've never been like added. I mean the racist stuff wasn't even like the main thing. People are just like, why do you hate cons so much? This is getting personal. Like what – you know, I was just like – With who? <laughs> you and them or you and con? I think me and Khan, like people started, I mean, the funniest thing was people started running thing that I would actually help Brooke, which I thought was hilarious. Um, Are you? Yeah, obviously no one thought that seriously. Oh, no, your voice is a little too fun. deep to be Kelbrook. <laughs> yeah, no no machete wounds on this body. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'll just do this. Like, I didn't think, you know, like, the I, I, I always, you know, keep in mind the, the phrase, like, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. Like, I just, I always expect, like, if I post a GIF, like, sometimes they just fall flat. Like, people just don't care. You know, it's like, they've been posted too many times, or it's like, they don't think the opponent matters, they just don't really get engaged with it. I was shocked at how much people, like, reacted to this. I mean, most of these con knockout clips have been posted so many times, I you know, people were just going crazy. I mean, I is 
very different reaction than I expected. Yeah, and it was fun. I mean, you saw in the last few days, like, people were posting as many, like, positive con positive clips as they could to counteract me and like yeah, some negative at all that's fun like that's like that's what i wanted exactly you know it was like activity on the sub like i mean it's all about having activity on reddit you know what do you do it was like a 10 to 1 odds fight like there's really not that much to say about it you know i i had a little bit of fun with it the sub had some fun back uh, i think overall it was positive and i feel anyway, like that's how the fight played out where it's like okay we saw what happened but there's really not a ton to talk about because it's like terence crawford came out there's a lot to talk about <laughs> i mean really what what is it to talk about like terence crawford looked really good amir khan landed some some arm shots he landed on crawford okay but like did he do anything to deter uh, deter Crawford from doing what he wanted to do? No. Um, Khan quit. The fight was stopped. What else is there? Um, <clears throat> well, Khan landed enough to keep his supporters happy. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> you so, don't, so you don't good. think so? I, I mean, like that. That's a, the no, that's delusional a good Khan take. fans are going to love what they saw here. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm still debating. I'll just finish my thought. Like, I'm still debating what clip I want to post on Monday morning. Like, I've built up so much heel heat. Like, <laughs> do I want to do like? You do want? Do I want to go lean into the heel turn and um, post like the nut shot or post Tom the wants knockout to turn clip? Face. And, he wants to turn yeah. face. Or do I want to go baby face and post Khan's highlights? You know, uh, I'm like, oh, like I, I'm sort of, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of what I want to do here. I, there's, you know, anticipation for whatever highlight I'm going to post on Monday. I mean, a lot of people have, you know, people are already adding me on Discord and Instagram and stuff like, you know, and all over Reddit, certainly just like, what is Tom Cody going to post? So <laughs> I'll you, figure you something wanna hear, out. You want to hear something from anyway. ringside? I was at the Danny Garcia fight, but we were all sure, watching sure. the the Crawford and Con fight. And some dude was going on this rant, which I was overhearing, and he goes on this rant about how the fact that Terrence so somebody was putting Crawford over, like Crawford came out and he didn't um there wasn't a really like the feeling out process that we usually see with the Crawford fight. Immediately it looked like he came out knowing what to do. Whereas like the success that Khan had with landing shots did not come till later. Um, Crawford immediately took the distance away from Khan and put Khan at, in a really uncomfortable position where he couldn't throw punches. And that's that's fair. Uh, that That's accurate and I believe is in line with what I thought, uh, with what I saw. But some other guy came in and said, started talking about like, I'll take any bet that Spence will beat Crawford because Crawford got hurt by Gamboa once and that any any guy that gets hurt by like a guy like Gamboa is clearly like not good. That and was I'm someone like, on press row. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm like, bro, oh like everyone's been hurt. Like everyone. I mean, okay. That's probably not fair, but like so many fighters and great fighters have been hurt. Like Canelo has been hurt. He's been wobbled around the, uh, the ring. Is, is there a case to be made that you'll take him against, or you'll take any puncher against Canelo? No, it's just a ridiculous take. Also, uh, the only one more jugged up in boxing than Jarrell Miller is Uriorcus Gamboa. <laughs> so, like, you know. <laughs> well, anyway, Gamboa also, that was five years ago. I mean, I don't want to dwell on this too long, but it's like if you have to go back five years to try to make your argument, that probably means Crawford's pretty good, right? If that's that's really – you have to go back that far in order to make that argument. But well, anyway, I don't, I don't even know that what That was a point I was trying to make. Anymore. Yeah. But look, I think what you said is really good. That's, yeah, it's not news to us. You said 
Khan did enough to keep his supporters happy. And I feel like that's exactly how the fight played out. Like that, That's such a good take. I think he had enough success to lead you to believe that Khan didn't just show up and look like a complete moron, uh, like somebody who got hurt off of the first punch that got landed. Um, but he also quit. And I think he quit at a time where it was like, yeah, he was having success, but he also looked like th- there was no turning of the tide. It looked like he was probably going to get himself hurt if he went on. And, it, and I can see how this was the moral victory. This was like the gentleman's way of ending the fight for Khan. And if you're a Khan fan, that you could be happy. I mean, can anyone be happy with this outcome? But I, I get your point. Um, no, I'm making your point. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought it was a good point. And, and I, I see that as, like, if that's how you feel, I get it. It's a it's a justified take to have after the fight. It's not necessarily what I agree with or believe, and I don't think that that's what you think. Am I wrong? No, I was, yeah, like I said, there are con fans who are happy with the outcome. Yes, that is what I said. Who He did enough to keep their dreams that he's, you know, quote, never been outboxed alive. That he would have beat Mayweather if they had fought while Khan was in his prime. <laughs> that's literally a take out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what did you think personally about Crawford? Ah, I thought he looked great. Um, I, you know, part of it, like he was hit. Like Crawford gets hit. Like there True. are gifts out there of him getting hit against Benavidez. He lost exchanges during that fight for sure. There are times when it was in the center of the ring, and he, you know, straight up lost exchanges. You know, we didn't really see that from Mayweather. I mean, Crawford, I think oh. he's gotten a little bit of a like pass. This. Um, because, you know, he's finished his fights well, generally speaking. He's on, I think, like, uh, you know, five fight knockout streak, something. No, more than five, sorry. Uh, it's late at night, excuse me, I guys. think the last uh, one to go to the, dis- the distance Victor with Postal. him was, yeah, Postal. And that was the yeah. last time I saw Crawford in a fight not get hit. Okay, he was on a five fight knockout streak coming in, and this is now six, if you count it as a knockout, which, you know, on paper it is. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's... He gets hit. He's a slow starter. I mean, people. I, I I think he definitely made a statement by getting the knockdown in the first round with you know as you said the first punch that landed. Um, um, but you know he sort of. I think a lot of people thought you know there's a chance Crawford will just kind of be a little slower earlier on, and I think we did see that after the knockdown he did kind of slow up a bit, um, and then he started to turn it up really really strong. I mean the the you know. The fourth was just a massacre. The body um, shots until, were pretty ridiculous, too. Yeah, and I mean, you could see how marked up Khan's body was. And I mean, towards the... I mean, because that was the thing. He was really restrained, and they did a good job on the commentary of pointing that out. I mean, Crawford was clearly waiting for the right moment to unleash the body shots. And when he did, oh my God, those were crazy body shots. But at the end of the fourth, I mean, this is this is where I get into conspiracy theory mode, if you'll forgive me. I but like conspiracy um, theories. Yeah, a good old Tom Cody conspiracy theory. Um, towards the end of the round, when Crawford had some, or when Khan had some success, my honest thought was um, Crawford is trying to keep him in the fight so he can score the knockout. He doesn't want a corner stoppage. Um, he wants the highlight reel knockout. He, he's sort of giving Crawford just a little bit uh, so they don't stop it. So he can have another round to play with. And then in the next round, we get the, you know, nut shot ending of the fight. <laughs> I mean, I have a slightly different, but along the That's same always, lines. Yeah, I'll take. just I'll just cop to that. It's like anytime you're saying someone's getting hit on purpose or they're taking the foot of the, off the gas pedal on purpose, like that's 
into conspiracy theory mode. Like, right. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying that's I'm confident in saying that, but in my gut, that's what it feels like. That's what was happening. Um, maybe my take on, on that, which is similar, but not exactly the same thing as maybe a little more realistic. But I think um, Crawford realized that his best course of action for the fight in terms of scoring a knockout or landing really significant punches or hurting Khan, which I think is probably closest to what Crawford feels. I, I think Crawford really enjoys hurting people. Um, I think Khan, or Crawford realized that Khan being active gave him the best shot at doing something like that because early in the fight when Khan started to open up, Crawford just countered him. And that's basically Crawford's MO in all of his fights is guys want to punch at him and he will punch with them and hurt them. Uh, See, I mean, Danny Garcia did that with Adrian Granados where when Granados was having success in the first round and it looked like Granados was going to do what he usually does, uh, Garcia landed a big counter. Uh, There's lots of fighters and mostly these are counter punchers who fight that way. I think one of the most interesting things about this was that I think Crawford's success in this fight, his, I think at his most successful, he was fighting orthodox, which is oh, oh in stance wise, yeah, yeah, he, was. He, he fought he fought orthodox, which I thought interesting um, that he'd made that decision because there was this talk before <laughs> the fight that basically at this point, <laughs> can Terrence I jump Crawford in and give my pop. quick take on that? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, Crawford does fight southpaw enough you basically can consider him a southpaw even though he is technically a switch hitter but yeah my my comment on that was um we've seen so much success against khan from the orthodox stance (laughs) i think he thought just like why bother even fighting southpaw like we've seen him get knocked out by left hooks right hands like (laughs) you know it's all there from the orthodox stance um anyway fair point yeah no that's a fair point uh it, which would lead some credence to the the notion that Crawford does his homework and, and, and his team does their homework coming into fights to have him prepared to basically break these guys down the way he does. And he always does. Um, I, I I don't think that he was ca- like, essentially what you're saying is he was carrying Khan. Well, sort of. Uh, let me say a few more words on I, this. I mean, yeah, yeah very I'm directly. I'm not trying to accuse you said. of saying exactly that, but you're on those yeah, along that's, those lines. That's, again, I, I like I said, Tom Cody conspiracy theory. Uh, but yeah, that he was carrying him a little bit to, in order to try to not to prolong the fight or to go the distance, but in order to get a impressive stoppage that he didn't want it to end between rounds. Um, but yeah, I mean, to the point of what you were saying, it's like this is something you know, uh, we've seen from Crawford a lot, like Crawford always sucks people into his fight. Like, you know, how many times have we seen this? Like going back to even like, you know, definitely the Gamboa fight, the Hank Lundy fight where the guys seem to have some success early. And then Crawford just came back and landed massive KO shots. You know, that, that was, yeah. I mean, that was how the Benavidez fight ended. Benavidez was having some success in the 12th, was clearly pumped that he was going to go the distance and sort of, um, you know, upset the boogeyman reputation to some extent. And then, you know, in the final minute of the fight, he's trying to land on Crawford and gets hit with a massive knockout shot and gets stopped with like 30 seconds left in the fight. I on mean, one leg. Yeah. I mean, that's that's certainly related to that whole saga. But I mean, the, the point I'm saying is 
Crawford is better than anyone at sucking people into his fight and getting them to, you know, overextend themselves, get aggressive when they shouldn't get aggressive. Meanwhile, Amir Khan, almost every time he's gotten knocked down or knocked out, that's what's happened. You know, he has gotten overconfident, overextended himself and got hit with those shots. So <laughs> it's like Superman getting into a fight with Kryptonite or something. I mean, that's not really the right metaphor. Um, but anyway, I, I interrupted you. I don't well, know if you had. I mean, I don't know. We, I got no rundown here, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'll, I'll, I, I thought of something that I think is pretty interesting. If we were to rate Terrence Crawford's opponent's performances against Crawford, who would you rate as number one, meaning they had the most success? And then where do you think you would put Khan? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, sort of the point I was just saying, it's like when you look back, it always feels like his opponents have fought the wrong game plan. Um, <laughs> but then there are some people who just aren't in the fights at all, you know, like Julius Indongo, not John in the Molina. fight for a second. Yeah, I was just thinking about looking at the box right, John Molina, not in the fight for a I second. Deary Jean, another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you have weird things like even like Jeff Horn, like through the first like four rounds or so, like on the broadcast, they're like, oh, this will be kind of embarrassing for Khan if he can't get the stoppage. And then he just completely takes over. And, you know, I mean, that, that was one of the knocks against Crawford early, at least for me specifically, like people fell in love with this narrative about he has the computer, you know, he downloads the data early on and then he, he unloads on, on the guys and takes them out. And, and like, I always felt like that was rewarding Crawford for losing rounds early or having you know, difficulty early, um, you know, whereas again, it's like Mayweather is the, you know, the gold standard, but it's like, he, I, you know, Mayweather would get better as the fight went on, but it's not like he would lose the early rounds or get hit with shots from Hank Lundy the way that Crawford would. I mean, it, it is sort of a strange knock on him. I mean, but I don't well, know. I, think, I, I, I mean, I don't mean it too seriously. I still consider Crawford number one or number two pound for pound. It's number one, first of all. I don't, I'm not hearing your stupid argument that you're going to make. So it's number one. Don't don't talk to me and say he's not number one. <laughs> hey, right? look when uh, Lomachenko you'll be fought, Conning, you'll be Lomachenko just like Amir fought Khan. UK domestic scene garbage. He knocked him out. <laughs> oh, I like when Crawford fought UK domestic scene garbage and Ricky Burns. <laughs> hey, what happened? Went the distance. So you know, points in Lomachenko's favor right there. Um, this is this is very loose. It is now <laughs> that's a, two that's, or three a.m. on the East Coast. That's hilarious. I think you you, you might have got me there, but like Crawford, I'll give you the early rounds before I knock you out in just a bit. But I think <laughs> I, I I think David Benavides has had the most success against Crawford, and I, and Jeff Horn actually did have some oh, success yeah, I didn't early. Answer the question at all. <laughs> but yeah, I know, Tom, you never answered the questions. Jeff Horn did have uh, some success. I, I agree with you there. And like, that's a that's a good point. The the one thing, though, about Terrence Crawford, just this is going to be a tangent, but and I, I've ran it about this somewhere. It might have been on one of the daily podcasts. But the, the, the problem with Terrence Crawford is that he gets comparisons to Mayweather too much. And these guys are not like they are not similar. Yeah, that's fair. And and too often people look at Terrence Crawford and they say, well, he kind of looks like Floyd, except he's not bald. And then they make these false equivalencies. He's not like Mayweather. When did you see Floyd wing wide body shots at, at his opponents? When did you see Floyd punching with guys and standing like, I mean, Floyd was punching with guys, but moving and also defending himself. Whereas Crawford occasionally will just say, I will exchange. 
they're, like they're, the philosophy and approach to fighting is completely different. Where I, where people make this comparison, I don't know. But it's it's like in other sports, you hear this a lot, where it's like, oh, well, this guy's like a LeBron type. And it's like, no, he's not a LeBron type. <laughs> like, what are you actually trying to say? Are you just being lazy? Actually do your homework and, and figure out who he actually compares to. And Terrence Crawford doesn't compare to to Mayweather. And age, just same with Adrian Broner. Didn't work then either. Like I, I think the the comps I'm to Floyd, at the bit to respond. The comps to Floyd have to stop because they're lazy. Terrence Crawford's his own guy. What's your response? Sure. So first off, just just a few pieces to this. It's like anytime you're comparing comparing someone to Mayweather, it's a compliment, right? Like that was I remember when May. I'm old enough to remember, and I'm following the sport long enough to remember when Mayweather was coming up. And once he started to do well, people compared him negatively to Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> you know, it's like by the time you start saying he's it's like he's not bad relative to people in his weight class or relative to other people like on the pound for pound list. Once you have to start looking for like other eras, all time greats in order to insult someone like that's a pretty good compliment to, to, to clarify that the Crawford comment, I, I just mean it in the very specific sense of. Uh, they're both known as guys who were better in the second half of the fight than in the first half of the fight. Uh, also, in the sense of both being, you know, number one pound for pound, or like I said with Crawford, you say number one or number two, you say one, that's fine. Um, uh, so that that comparison stands. Um, and also, again, it's like it's not a great insult, but I, I think the point does stand that it's like Crawford does get hit kind of more than you expect earlier on. Like he does have that trajectory of doing uh, better in the second half, but will get hit by shots that, you know, like I said, I mean, eh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's ultimately a compliment. Like you're saying like, Oh, you can't go making that comparison. If you're comparing to Mayweather, it's a compliment, but yeah, he does get hit more earlier on uh, before taking over. Anyway, well, I'm not trying to disagree with you. I, I'm, I'm. There's a pitfall here, and the pitfall is that when we get these comparisons, when you compare Terrence Crawford to Floyd Mayweather, there are aspects that are similar, sure, but there are also aspects for from every fighter and Floyd Mayweather, given the influence that Floyd Mayweather has had uh, over boxing, right? But the the pitfall is that while yes, it could be a compliment, more often than not, it's not. What actually happens is there are unrealistic expectations that get created for fighters like a Terrence Crawford, and when they don't have success in the way that the comp does, and in this case, we're talking Floyd Mayweather, when Crawford doesn't have the same type of success in situations that you have seen Floyd Mayweather thrive in, then we get criticism, then we get disappointment, then we get expectations that weren't met. Because Crawford didn't do what Floyd would have done. And that's not fair because Crawford, while there are some similarities between him and Floyd Mayweather, they're just different fighters. And one, what, like, they're both mean guys. Like, both, you, you have to be a mean guy um, to be, like, to, to, and I mean, like, mean, mean as in, like, these guys are competitive killers in the ring. They will do anything to win, um, including low blowing Amir Khan. Just kidding. <laughs> they will do anything in the ring. But 
Crawford likes to fight, I think, more than Floyd does. And you see that where he's willing to trade. And that's something that you would never see Floyd do. Floyd wasn't willing to just stand there and trade. That was dumb to Floyd. It just is against his mindset, especially later in his career. It's against the mindset of like, why would I stand here and trade when I can hit you? Move. You can't hit me. I'll hit you again. And then I just exit. And now you're left there like an idiot. Whereas Crawford's like, if I have to take one here, I'll take it. I know you have no power because I'm going to try to knock you out completely different mindset and approach to, to to the sport. And and I just think it's unfair that Crawford would be criticized for doing something that for him, that's the right thing to do. But Floyd wouldn't have done that. That's that's dumb to me. I mean, it's two ten AM. I like how you were like, I don't want to make these comparisons anymore and then went on a five minute comparison. Um I don't know. I'm ready to move taste on your from medicine, that Tom. Bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's two ten in the morning. My wife will not be happy if she wakes up and realizes I'm doing this. Um, anyway, we, we, can, <laughs> we can we can keep keep Show it keep it rolling. Stevenson video. Uh, um, do you want to talk about some of the undercard guys? I don't, I don't know how much uh, more. So I, you, mean. I didn't watch any of the undercard. I, I, w- I was at the right. Garcia you were fight. right, right, right. But I, uh, I, I do want to talk that. about Spence now. Sure. So, like I, I think. Top rank spent just as much time after the fight talking about Spence as they did uh, Crawford. And I think the whole point there is to leverage some of the success that Spence has now had having that pretty damn successful pay-per-view event with Mikey Garcia. I actually think that top rank is kind of a little off, though, because while that was a successful pay-per-view, it wasn't like a bonanza. It wasn't like a Canelo fight. Um, Spence has a little more... Fame now, but I don't think it's that huge. I think if ESPN did their jobs and actually just promoted Terrence Crawford like he was, like say an NBA player, he could surpass Spence. But uh, I mean, not fighting Mean Machine. Yeah, I'm so ready uh, to I, respond to this. Yeah, go for it. I mean, yeah, that's that's not fair. You're bringing up the Mean Machine. Well, it's look. There's a lot of ways to say like this event sort of will have underperformed or did it make sense to put this on pay-per-view? I mean, so many people were complaining about it being a pay-per-view did about 15,000 or 14,000, excuse me, 14,000 ticket sales, um, which Kellerman was oddly boasting about. Um, that's not what you want for an event of this scale. You know, in New York, we've seen a lot of other fights do, you know, um, more than that or similar numbers to that. Um, a lot of fights, PBC fights, at the Barclays center between do between like 12 and 14,000, um, Crawford, or excuse me, Thurman Garcia did like 16,000. I mean, those, and none of those fights were pay-per-views. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, again, you compare it to Spence Garcia, which by all accounts, very successful. Both guys got paid eight figures. Uh, you're talking about, um, you know, 47,000 ticket sales, which again, that's in a large venue. That's kind of like a gaudy number that, that, you know, is kind of not an apples to oranges comparison, but you know, three hundred sixty-five thousand pay-per-view buys. We'll see what this ends up doing on pay-per-view. So it's like, yeah, there there are ways you can sort of look at this and say this is not successful. But what were what were the alternatives? I mean, Top Rank overpaid to get Khan as the opponent. They sort of forced the issue to make this a pay-per-view, whether the public wanted that or not. They you know planted their flag. They they put on pretty much the best undercard they could for this in terms of having their rising prospects and. um I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it looks like it'll certainly fall short of the Spence fight. 
as you're saying again, it's kind of weird they were pushing that narrative so much at the end of the fight. But it's like, what do they have? They don't really have opponents for Crawford. Like they needed to bring an outside opponent and overpay an outside opponent for this fight. So, I mean, what what were the alternatives if they hadn't done that and they just had Mean Machine in there? Like that's on ESPN or ESPN Plus, and that doesn't move the needle at all. No one knows about him. Doesn't care who he is. They have a number of these Eastern European guys who they've tried to push. And it just hasn't really worked out. They tried to get Carlos Adamas, who fought at 154 on the card, but he couldn't really make the weight. He looked bad in his one fight at 147, who was fighting an opponent Spence had fought as a prospect. It was kind of like weird matchmaking. It didn't really work out that well, kind of backfired. So still, it's like it's unclear who they're going to fight next. And, you know, so why do they call out Spence? Because it's like, what's the narrative? I mean, they need to have a chip on their shoulder. They need to, you know, that needs to be the narrative with fans because otherwise it's like, how do you sell a a mean machine fight? You know, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. It's like, no one wants that. He looked bad against Ray Robinson in his last fight. Like, um, it's just, you know, what do you do besides complain that Spence is not going to fight you? I mean, who is he going to fight? Are they going to, you know, overpay for another opponent are they going to bring in someone like danny garcia or i don't know god forbid adrian broner are they going to pay adrian broner 10 million dollars to do that fight i mean um (laughs) it's gonna be really weird there are no obvious choices i mean kel brook was was hovering around this fight card but i don't know if that fight's going to happen i don't know how much money that draws i mean if is is that going to do more on pay-per-view is that going to sell more tickets than the con fight did i mean i don't think so i mean american audiences know kel brook more for getting his face broken by both golovkin and spence than anything else i mean that doesn't really strike me as a super appealing fight so i i don't know it it, it i would say top rank has done reasonably well with the situation considering how limited the opposition is i mean it looks like this fight will again we'll, we'll see what the pay-per-view numbers my prediction is still this will break even get each guy paid about five million dollars that's pretty good result that's again better than having a fight against mean machine on espn that no one cares about uh anyway uh, thoughts on any of that yeah i think you know it sucks for crawford and i'm a crawford okay okay he re-signed with top rank i know he didn't have to do that so no this is his choosing he chose the path of weaker opposition. He bet, you know, we've talked about some of these deals where fighters have bet on themselves. I, I know I'm interrupting you. I just talked a lot and I'm talking more. But Deontay Wilder, when he turned down the DAZN deal, bet on himself. You know, they were offering a deal that would overpay him for the first fight, but would limit the amount of money he could make after that. And he bet on himself. He might be losing money on this first fight against Brazil, but he has confidence he's setting himself up. And, you know, Preston has shown that because he's being offered many multiples of what he was offered like a year ago. Crawford did the reverse. He took a high guarantee to stay with top rank. You know, he's got this $3 million guarantee. Um, That's a lot less. You know, he will have made a lot less in his last two fights than Spence made, uh, last two fights combined than Spence made on his last fight and will make on his next fight. Um, Crawford kind of bet against himself. And I, I don't think we need to feel bad for him about that. You know, he took the path of least resistance and he's making less money as a result. Anyway, no, I you. mean that's 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 a fair point. Um, as a fan of Terence Crawford, I do feel bad that he's now in this situation where, for what whatever it's worth, you know, he has no leverage. And if you're one of the top ranked fanboys or whatever, you may not want to hear this, but there's no leverage over there. And you laid out the case pretty perfectly that 
the guys that they have, those guys aren't gonna yeah. gonna don't move the needle at all. Yeah, it's just not happening. So, what do you do? And I think dragging Spence's name is probably the best thing that they could do, um, causing some quote unquote boxing controversy, if you will, by going after Al Heyman. I think that's another way to draw more attention to Crawford and endearing Crawford with the we hate Al Heyman people. But I think the thing is, those fans aren't necessarily, you know, the people who are anti Heyman, anti PBC, whatever. I don't think that those fans are necessarily overlapping a lot with Crawford fans. I, I think those fans are more into Lomachenko and stuff like that. Um, Crawford just isn't that popular, like as uh, with with that vocal group uh, of fans out there. Just from what I've observed on social media and on Reddit, um, from from the comments. But Crawford, but but I think Top Rings put in a, a tough position here, where like they can't. There was no conversation after this fight of another opponent. Like the elephant in the room is Spence, and as long <laughs> right. as Spence is there, all they did was complain that they won't be able to get Spence. Yeah, and, and I, I think it was a little unfair that they said, "Oh, you know, Heyman boycott PBC." I think that's unfair because Terence Crawford has fought multiple guys with Al Heyman. Like, are we just <laughs> right? Forgetting I mean, there that? are multiple examples from the past year of top rank fighters mixing it up with Heyman fighters. I, I mean, yes, I thought it was so really specific- funny. That specifically it, Terrence Crawford, yeah, John Molina and Felix Diaz were Al Heyman fighters. As is like, Amir Khan. Come on, I, I don't know if he still is, but yeah, I, I thought it was really funny that uh, Bob Arum said that Heyman won't let any PBC fighters fight a top ranked guy who's going to beat him. And I was like, uh, you guys just spent the whole broadcast talking about Lomachenko. Who schooled Russell? Like, come on, let's right. Let's... Fuck Gary Russell. Well, and again, it's like uh, Crawford's own opponents. Yeah, <laughs> Felix also. Diaz and John Molina were provided by by uh, uh, Heyman. So, I mean, look, I, I, and I say shame on the broadcast. Like, to some extent, you say, okay, you know, these people are going to promote their own shows. Like, it's always sort of stupid when people complain that PBC doesn't mention uh, Crawford enough or. You know, top rank doesn't mention Spence enough, which they didn't for basically the entire broadcast until uh, <laughs> Bob Arum's music came on the PA system. Well, the thing is, they don't um, have to because there well, are alternatives there for Spence to fight. He can fight Pacquiao, yeah, who's a bigger just, just name. Just finishing than the Crawford. thought, though, it's like there, there's always this, you know, uh, pearl clutching about, you know, oh, they they should mention the other fighters, but it's like, okay, yeah, it's like there people are going to promote their own stuff on their own broadcast. That's sort of the point that I'm making, but. You know, there is a line to be crossed with some of this stuff where, again, it's like theoretically, at least some of these people consider themselves to be journalists. They're really not even going to call Bob Arum out for that. Like multiple of Terrence Crawford's prior opponents are on the PBC side of the street. Right. So, I mean, you're not going to call him out for that. Like, I mean, ugh. anyway, people also multiple examples of that in this kind broadcast. Of- uh, underestimate the network influence because do you think ESPN would be happy if they had spent the whole broadcast talking about other guys from the other uh, that fight on other networks? No, they're not paying for that. Those guys to to be become popular. They're paying for the top ranked guys to get exposure. They give max money shows to put over the top ranked talent to generate higher ratings 
for their shows. It, I mean, it's, again, it's not, I, yeah, astounded by the way that the broadcast ended with, you know, the crowd booing for like 10 minutes during that Bob Arum calling out Al Hay. I mean, it was just so strange. Like, I couldn't believe that that happened. I mean, there's a difference between like Bob airing his grievances to boxing writers or posting something on Twitter. Like, so that's the note you want to end the pay-per-view on? You have, like, I mean, it was, you know, God. <laughs> what, what about this? Like, so what's the alternative? It's like, if we're the ones running top rank, what is the alternative narrative that you can go by that doesn't involve like really trying to like? Because at the end of the day, what they're setting up boxing fans for is to be pissed off that Spence Crawford doesn't happen next. Which I think everyone who understands the sport of boxing knows that even if everyone wanted to do that fight, this is not the right time. So if there's if we're the ones who are saying, okay, let's not spend too much time talking about that, and this is borrowing on what Floyd and, and Manny did. They, they There were l- numerous fights where they just didn't talk about each other after a fight or on the broadcast too much. And instead, they just focused on what they actually could do or had. If, like, literally, I was thinking about this. What is What else is there? What could they do? And the only thing I could think of was that they start to fantasize about a Lomachenko fight at some catch weight. That's the only thing that I could think of. Um, maybe I'm not thinking hard enough, but like what other narrative could you come up with? I mean, I just – I don't know how they even – well, if regarding narrative, they have the narrative they want. I mean they'll just keep saying uh, Errol Spence's name. But um, I'll also just step back for a second. I have no problem saying that I don't think that it makes sense to do the Errol Spence fight next. Like, I don't know what people don't get. I mean, you know, again, I I get why Bob's saying that. But as far as boxing writers, it's like if you're going to have a big fight, you want it to be at the end of the tournament bracket. You don't want it to be in the opening round. Like you need to have Keith Thurman, who's an undefeated champion, fight one of these guys. You need to have Manny Pacquiao, who's an aging legend, fight one of these guys, you know. Keith, uh, Danny Garcia got Sean a spectacular Porter. knockout against a guy who's never been stopped tonight. Sean Porter's in that mix. Like, you do those fight first. That's how you build the biggest fight possible when they fight each other. There, and, I mean, this is not rocket science. Like, it's not like they've exhausted all reasonable opponents. You know, it's not Floyd Mayweather fighting Robert Guerrero, a fight that didn't need to happen, or Manny Pacquiao fighting Timothy Bradley three times. I mean, I guess only twice before he fought Mayweather. But, um, you know, it, I needed it's all not three like of those fights. <laughs> and let me throw um, this out there. Khan was one of those yeah, guys that ahead. had to happen. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit tenuous, but Connor Brock, sure, why not? I mean, Khan is a name. I mean, yeah, that that serves a purpose. Well, this fight, Timothy Bradley sure even is... joked, or I don't know, joked, but Timothy Bradley has started to hint that he might come back, which would be Whoa. kind of crazy. Whoa! This, if if oh my god, if if that's so, Top Rank is desperate. Well, he actually Tim said he Bradley... wanted to fight Spence. Come on, Bradley! No. No. Hey, I'm just repeating what I heard. I'm going to break Bradley's leg if he thinks that he's going to come back. He does not need to come back. I don't even know why why I'm over here like s- standing for him because I, I've never been a big Bradley fan, but I don't want to see him come back. Um, do, do you think Kel Brook may get a Crawford fight now? I don't. I mean, God, I don't know what is going to happen. I mean... 
there's there's going to be all this freak out if like you know it's fourteen thousand tickets that they did a good job of concealing that on the broadcast. I mean, ESP like I was shocked. I mean, I think were you the other person on the Twitter like um, yeah, I was responding d- to somebody who was DMing you. By the way, can I just throw this in? Yeah, fourteen thousand tickets in MSG someone. or like the Staples Center or something is literally only the lower bowl. So basically, they sold right, out the right, lower right. bowl and nothing else. But the, the, every all the seats were available. So. They had basically what's what's that like a th- a third maybe half of the arena empty? No, oh, because um, you got to take yeah. into consideration floor seats. I think like the maximum that you can get at MSG is around twenty two thousand something like that for boxing, okay. um, so, somewhere between like nineteen and twenty two. So it was like two, it was third, more than maybe? half, but yeah, it was a lot of open areas. Um, yeah, I was surprised anyway to get back to that when I I, I DM'd uh, a boxing writer buddy. Um, who was at the event? I, I couldn't go, and uh, I was like, "Oh, how how did it do?" Like I, I sort of at that point was thinking it was like you know a capacity, not a sellout, because you could go on a ticket seller and see that there were tons of ticket available. But um, and he was like, "Oh yeah, not great." Like at, this was during the undercard. He's like probably around like eleven, twelve thousand at this point. And I was like, "Oh okay." And then you know it's always going to fill in a little bit. And then yeah, the announced attendance was fourteen thousand. Kellerman said the fourteen thousand number. Um, yeah. Anyway, you mentioned Brooke. I'll just sort of get to, get to the point though. But it was like, I this this fight again probably will break even ish. <laughs> you know, like I don't think they'll regret having put on the event given their alternatives, as I I detailed before. But it's like it gets starts to get so weird. Like, where does it go from here? I mean, like the more the other top rank welterweights fight, like the worse they look. You know, it's like Mean Machine has not looked good in his recent fights. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. Is it Kelbrook? I mean, does that move the needle? But that's the thing. It's like, if Amir Khan again was not a giant event, it's like, you know, Terrence Crawford is a draw. Like, I, I, I feel like we've gone a little bit too far away from that. It's like, he is a draw. He's one of the top 10 attractions in boxing in the U S there's no question about that. But, um, you know, just looks like he's been left behind here compared to what's happening with the Spence side of the street. I mean, Spence versus Sean Porter is going to be a million times better than anything that Amir Khan is going to be able to put together. Um, right? Okay. Um, I think in the case of fighting Kell Brook, the only reason why you do that is you can do another pay-per-view, you can justify another pay-per-view, and you are trying to get a knockout over somebody with a bit of a name. Although Kell Brook's name doesn't carry a lot of weight here in America. How did and, that work out against Amir Khan? Well, see, that's the thing. I the, the reason why I would say that is because I don't think that there's necessarily, um, if we're drawing the Venn diagram of Khan fans and uh, and or maybe a Venn diagram is not what I'm thinking of, but like there's very little who who you would target and reach with a Kell Brook fight that you haven't already reached with Amir Khan because Amir Khan is more popular than Kell Brook. So I think it would basically be a redo of this fight, but to get the result that they want. And then you also have a comparable opponent uh, with with Spence. And while Spence stopped Kell Brook in the 11th round, um, the goal would be, well, Terrence Crawford stopped him in five or whatever the number would be, uh, meaning he's clearly better than Spence. And if Spence doesn't like that, he should prove it by fighting him. I think that's the only justification for a Kell Brook fight. But at the end of the day, what else is there? Like, is Ruslan Provodnikov going to come back? 
is Jesse Vargas gonna 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 come over to top rank and, and fight uh, Terrence Crawford? Like, what could what else could they do? We're running I mean, out of names that aren't with PBC. I'll, I'll just answer this way, I guess. I, I mean, there's really, I mean, where do you go with this? But um, Khan got five million dollars for this fight. If top rank is going to decide they need to overpay people to get opponents. Um, you know, that starts to open it up a little bit. You know, you could see some of the PPC, like, could you see Ugas fight Crawford? You yes. know, if, if you give Ugas two or three million dollars, like, he'll take that fight. And the PPC would probably just assume see him go because he's probably going to give a tough fight to anyone except Errol Spence. So, you well, know, you could start to see people fight. like that. Sergey Lipinets. Again, it's like oh, pay God. him two or three million dollars. Like he probably would go to the other side of the street. Um, is it going to be people like that? Is it going to be, you know, again, Saddam Ali, Jesse Vargas? I mean, people who are signed elsewhere, but you start overpaying them. Um, the promoter kind of is in a position where they have to let them go. You know, um, we'll see. I mean, it, it's. It, I think it'd be hard to sell those pay per views. Like, I, I think. Well, that's the the end of the day. That's what Top Rank wants. That's what ESPN wants as pay per views. Well, how do you get there? Well, that's the thing, though. It's like how many pay per view buys do you need to sell if you're trying to? If your target is to pay Crawford about five million and pay one of those guys about two million, you know, like not everyone's going to have to is going to command the five million dollars Con got. Like you don't, you wouldn't need to pay Ugas that much. He'd probably do it for two million dollars. So. If you're trying to cover $7 million, you don't really need to do that many pay-per-view buys. So, um, you know, that puts it out of the ESPN or ESPN Plus budget. But if you're content to just do a shitty pay-per-view, like, you know, Lord knows Aram's done that in the past. I mean, he, he's not, you know, there, there's some boxing writers who will throw out, like, arbitrary things like, oh, if it doesn't hit 200,000 pay-per-view buys, it shouldn't be on pay-per-view. But that's not really true. I mean, it just depends on how much the fighters are getting paid. Yeah. I, I think that's what it's going to come down to is what is what is the budget. And if if it commands, and we've seen this before, if it commands more, then they're going to have to be on pay-per-view as like that's the only alternative that they have. And I wish people understood this. With big fights, you have to go on pay-per-view because no network is willing to pay the kind of money that it costs to get Canelo to fight. Um, to, to No network can pay that. Boxing doesn't bring in, you know, revenue comes from sponsorship, advertising. That's where it comes from for the network. And they pay for content based off of what they get from net, from the sp- sponsors or advertisers. Well, at what there's 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 obviously a price point where Crawford they can't afford to put a Crawford fight on because between him and his opponent they're pulling in upwards of eight million dollars, and ESPN may say, well, shoot, we ain't paying eight million dollars, so that's why we go to pay per view. That's why Crawford Postal was on pay per view. HBO didn't uh. have that kind of money, so I, I think going forward, like if if it's not Spence, like if it's not someone from PBC, the outlook is pretty grim for terence crawford wouldn't you say in terms of future opponents well let's let's just calibrate this specifically when we're saying grim again it's like crawford is a draw he could fight these guys like mean machine for his three million dollar guarantee that's not a bad way to make a living but you know as as we've said it just makes him irrelevant as spent that 
is a path to irrelevancy as Spence's star power would continue to grow. And, you know, we're talking about this with the Lomachenko fight. It's like Lomachenko did 10,000, you know, does at a max around 10,000 seats. You know, the, he's not on any kind of trajectory to get to pay-per-view. You know, it's like Crawford is fighting at this level. Probably, you know, it's like he's right on the cusp of whether or not he should be a pay-per-view fighter, but has no appealing B-sides. I mean, Khan was a 10-to-1 underdog, and they had to, you know, overpay him and bring him from, you know, uh, bring him into the fold to do the fight. Um, it, I don't know. It is it is a weird situation when you say grim. It's like, could Crawford, could that situation happen where Crawford just ends up taking like his contract guarantee to fight these low, 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 low level guys in the top ranks side? Are they going to try to figure out some way to pull a rabbit out of a hat and figure out, you know, a big promotion for the next fight? I mean, it will be fascinating. You know, Bob Arum's a smart guy. He's got smart guys working for him. I mean, it will be curious to see what happens. I mean, I think the most likely thing is we'll continue to see. I don't think, I think Mean Machine, that's just a non-starter. I mean, he looked so bad in his last fight. He has no name recognition. There's just no point doing that fight. Besputin, kind of a similar situation. Um, I think we're going to see just people overpaid to be brought in. I mean, Kel Brook is probably as likely as anyone. Besides that, you start to get into just the lower-level PVC guys, like when you talked about the John Molina or Felix Diaz. Those are guys who really didn't have a place at the PVC side at that point. Like, Felix Diaz had, you know, lost, lost Lamont Peterson. Lamont Peterson yeah. Right, and was seen as being just kind of like a tricky, ugly fight for anyone. So they tossed him over to Crawford. John Molina had lost many, many times. You know, he was sort of devalued to the point they didn't really care about it. And to some extent, I would say the same thing was was viewed that way of Khan. I mean, I think most people thought you just can't promote a fight with Khan. He's been knocked down and knocked out too many times. Like he, I think the PBC wasn't really that he slipped through their fingers. I think they said, you know, this just doesn't have that much value to us. Yeah, Let diminishing returns with them. Then. At what yeah. point does he stop being like that? whatever con magic he's got at what point does it does it just wear off i mean what do you think of them bringing up the 140 guys maybe i i highly doubt that they would do this because i feel like they overvalue him but jose ramirez what if they brought him up um there's also arnold barboza who just knocked out uh mike alvarado yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm scraping here. I know, Barbosa, but like, but well, look, they, they here you you raise a very interesting point. Jose Ramirez has already said he wants the Crawford fight, but again, you get into a difficult situation where he looked like he almost could have lost his last fight when it went to the scorecards. You know, that was he got through that one by the skin of his teeth. Um, plus, like you know, you have Teofimo Lopez has said he's probably only going to do one or two more fights at 135 so if you're trying to build him as a star they have a lot of very 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 beatable guys at 140 including a belt waiting for him with jose ramirez so someone's got to take out ramirez who's it gonna now be? would ramirez rather fight crawford on pay-per-view and lose his undefeated record that way or be a stepping stone for teofimo lopez i think he'd go for crawford so I think that fight is likely, but again, how much is the the, the betting odds are going to be as wide as the con fight? You can't do a pay per view when the odds are ten to one, unless one of the guys is Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. You know, um, it 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 just doesn't really work. You can't do a promotion. I mean, I, I don't think it's a mystery that they waited until the last week to do all the promotion. I mean, this was the opposite of Spence Garcia. Spence Garcia, when it was announced, people said it was a farce. They built it up over a few months, and people realized how good Garcia was 
how well he had done against the taller Easter. This was the reverse of that. They didn't want people dwelling on this matchup because the more you thought about it, the more it looked like a certain win for Crawford. So um, Jose Ramirez, again, it's not a super appealing fight, but I think it's a very likely fight. The other guys, no, I don't see that because, again, when, when you're talking about like a Saucedo or a Barboza, it's like that, well, that's Saucedo's not gonna... really bad. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just this, that's not going to work. into this conversation. Yeah. Well, but these other guys really aren't either. I mean, Crawford isn't big enough that he can just fight anyone and have it be a successful pay-per-view. Again, could they be fine with doing 100,000 by pay-per-view? Could they be fine with Crawford getting his his contract minimum and fighting on ESPN? Only they Maybe, you know? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, it's kind of a false narrative of saying, like, oh, he's falling behind Spence. It's like... So what? Like, Spence has really taken off. Like, there are other ways Crawford can be a successful fighter without being held to that standard. But, yeah, I mean, if the, if the goal is to keep parity with Spence, like, it's really hard to see how they're going to do that. You well, know? If, you, if, if that's a take that you have, that, oh, Crawford needs to be more popular than Spence or Spence needs to be more popular than Crawford or whatever, you're looking at this the wrong way. Um, and, and, and you're looking at this very narrowly and mostly as it's really a fanboy take. The reality is the fight that fans want to see, whether they're big draws or not, is Spence versus Crawford. That's what everybody wants. Okay, well, it doesn't matter who's more popular because if Spence indeed does become more popular than Crawford and he continues to make a climb and Crawford is basically middling where he's at it doesn't matter as long as spence's popularity or we flip it around as long as one of their popularities continues to increase the fight overall becomes that much bigger and at the end of the day these guys would rather fight the for the most money on the biggest platform possible and they probably don't care who is the more popular one going in although that would affect the split but at the end of the day the winner walks away with it, and both of these guys are clear that they would walk away the winner. So, like, don't don't get caught up in who's more popular. That's really stupid. Um, that's really just comes boils down to a top rank versus PBC thing, and don't do that. Um, these guys are fine, and like you like you laid out, Tom Crawford is more popular than people give him credit for. He has the highest ratings uh, of the top rank on PBC uh, cards. There's no doubt about that. He fights at welterweight. If you're good and a welterweight, good things happen for your career. And Spence is is enjoying the same success, although his is, is a I, I think at this point it's a little higher, but whatever. The fight's gonna be big either way whenever that they do it. And the more time that they wait, as long as these guys keep doing what they've been doing, the fight will be big. And naturally they shouldn't do it quite yet. Um there's... I don't know. I, I, it will be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, um, I, I, sorry, did you want to finish more before I... No, I mean, I just don't think... I Like, neither guy's in danger of losing, like, people forgetting about them. I, I feel like there's this, like, whole, like, survival conversation of, like, well, you know, if, if, if blah, blah, blah doesn't happen, you know, then Spence is the bigger star or, or Crawford's the bigger star. It's like, no one's going to forget about these guys. Every time you right, bring up right. one, the other one comes along for the ride. So let's say that Crawford, they, they reached people that like, that weren't boxing fans. They reached casuals. Well, you know what that casual's walking away with? Who the hell is Spence that they – this guy's good. Who the hell is Spence that they want to see him fight him so bad? 
They did a better sell job with Spence creating faux con- uh, controversy than they did with Lomachenko on this on the hard sell. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say anymore about this. Um, I mean, th- this this is going to be an ugly conversation for the next however long this takes until they fight. Just 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 a warning: if you're a newer boxing fan, welcome to. 2012 boxing where Mayweather Pacquiao had just entered their second year of not fighting each other and it was brutal and the good thing is we had five more years to go or no no was it five at that point it was three more years I don't know it was a long time that they didn't fight 2009 to 2015 I believe it was May 2015 that they fought yeah so that's six years yep so my math may be a little off but that's okay it's late right Tom it's very late, and uh, I think at one point in there you referred to top rank on PBC ratings, and not top rank on ESPN. But it, it's neither here nor there Guys, at this it's, point. It's it's late. Look at yeah, Tom; he's over here falling asleep. So we're gonna wrap it up now. Tom, last thoughts on the card. Right, do, do you want to talk about the undercard? Very, very. I was gonna say, or you can just tell me what I missed on the undercard. Yeah, I'll just do it very quickly. Felix Verdejo underwhelmed. He was yeah, in with the guy. You bad. Yeah, which we expect from him. I mean, a credit to top rank, though. I mean, they'd put him in with a decent... It was sort of a, a put-up-or-shut-up kind of fight. Like, you know, you need to beat this guy or else you need to get out of here. And, and he, he fought Tori Nelson's husband? Um, Was it Tori Nelson? I don't remember. One it was a Shields female fighter who we've seen before. Yeah, Hannah yeah. Gabriels. Um, Hannah Gabriels. Hannah Gabriels, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was like his opponent looked good enough that we'll probably see him back again i mean Ooh. i don't know i mean i had speculated before that we'd see verdejo fight Timofimo lopez um i st- still think that will probably happen if if lopez stays at 135 long enough i mean um you know lopez is making big moves so we'll see what happens anyway we're getting to the other guys maybe Burchell, uh, Ma- mexico versus puerto rico yeah we could see all those fights Burchell, yeah if he's likely to move up to 135 definitely a possibility so um regarding um Stevenson, who is next up, he looked okay. You know, I've been up and down on Stevenson. I said early on, um, he's a very good amateur, but it, it, well, anyway, again, I, I, I find myself in the role of having to pump the brakes, even though I like these guys. But um, he was very good amateur, but you always wonder how are these guys going to adapt to the pro game. Um, and he looked like maybe – like, he wasn't adapting that well. You know, it's like his power did not look to be too good. Uh, he was getting stoppages. It was kind of those types of stoppages where he's just, like, in with overmatched opponents. The refs just kind of stop it because it's not worth keeping the fights going any longer. He's not really getting real knockouts. Last two fights, he got good knockouts. But, you know, again, it's like, is that because of it was the right matchmaking or is his power actually developing? Yes. I love uh, Stevenson, but I'm not afraid to admit that his matchmaking has – uh, really benefited his KO percentage because he does not have that kind of power. Right. So this fight was interesting that early on he was more aggressive, landing some power shots, but um, he did not fight well on the inside at all. Um, okay. uh, Diaz was able to have some success, kind of roughing him up, making the fight dirty. And in the second half of the fight, Stevenson went on his bicycle and just was content to outbox Diaz. And once he started doing that, he totally outboxed him. But 
Um, look, Diaz is not great. It was a good level of a fight for a 21-year-old. I don't want to be too rough on him. But it, it he looks more like the guy after this fight than who we thought he was. A guy who, who really does not have power that's really going to sting people at the world level. And if he's going to be successful, it's going to be from outboxing people. Um, which is not the end of the world. Max Kellerman, I don't know if you heard this or if you heard me ranting about this. Um, the ESPN crew after the fight said, as a given, they said, hey, hey guys, it's a given that Stevenson would be a favor, favor, favorite over all the champions. It was well, like, I, mean, I didn't hear it, but I was told wait, that. What? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, people erupted on, like, you know, Reddit and Twitter just like, are you? Are you serious? I mean, because by the way, the crowd booed the outcome of this fight as well. Like we were what? joking about that before. Oh, about getting- I, I get it though. I get it. I get it. There's a lot of factors there that I would, I would, uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, he, he, got, he definitely got on his bicycle and the crowd just was not loving. I mean, you never want to see that from a prospect. And especially it's one of those things of like he, as much as top rank is pushing him, his name ID is still not super high. So when they get the prospect on the mic, that's never good. Because people feel like someone is being pushed down their throats. Yeah. So you have a guy who was in with an opponent. Uh, again, it's like good level of opponent for a 21-year-old. I don't want to be too rough on him. But, you know, wasn't able to get the stoppage and really got on his bike and was clowning a little bit too, which is one of those things. It's like fans in an arena always want to see someone go for the stoppage. Like, you know. Correct. I get why fighters do that because they want to see the gif on social media the next day of them clowning them. But it's like it never plays well in person. So anyway, that was the Stevenson fight. I just want to say that Tom was not criticizing Stevenson. He was criticizing the broadcast and the I get yeah the broadcast, uh, not Stevenson. Because I didn't hear you criticize Stevenson. You were very uh, clear that this is a developmental level fight for Stevenson. Uh, and I think we talked about this last week that this was kind of. While I, I didn't, I don't think Diaz is very good. He's a little bit like he's like at a level that's a little bit above where Stevenson is at right now, in terms of what you would expect his opponents to be. And right, I, I and I said as much on the podcast. Last yeah, week. so so the, uh, it's natural to see a little struggle, but yeah, I, I I'm not like I wouldn't be like feeling deflated if I was somebody who had stock in Stevenson. It was, yeah, on that topic, it's like the promotion was very weird in that, like, during the Felix Verdejo fight, they were pretty rough on him. And I I kept wondering, like, you know, we're used to the top rank guys being so heavy, so hard with the shill. Just, you know, I was like, are they shitting on Felix Verdejo so they can get away with going over the top in the next fights? And that's exactly (laughs) what it felt like. Like, I don't even think that's a conspiracy conspiracy theory. theory. Like, that, it so felt like that because they were just going insane with the Shakur Stevenson and the Teofimo Lopez and the Terrence Crawford as well, by the way. Um, uh, Crawford earned it. Crawford deserves it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Teofimo Lopez now. So yeah, I am the, the noted Teofimo Lopez hater. You at least are. That's the reputation that's developed. Yeah. Um, yeah. He looked fantastic. This was, that's what I thought. Si- similar to the, um, Shakur Stevenson fight. You know, we gave a certain amount of credit for the matchmaking. He's 21. Yep. This is finally the type of fight Noted. where you say, you if you see an impressive one at this level, that does a good job to set him up for the title shot. You know, you saw Gervonta Davis get good wins at this level before he fought um, Jose Pedraza. False. I thought, False. 
Yeah, false. actually, this is arguably better than some of the wins, right? Is that where no, we're going? No, I, I'm. Well, I, maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, but uh, Javante Davis went from fighting a guy with like 13 losses to a right, world right. title fight. Like Javante yeah, Davis fought so terrible even, opposition. Yeah. So to that, okay, yeah, I'll, Lopez I'll totally, is getting good opposition, and they're developing well, him the right in way. This fight, I mean, the Diego. I mean, some of it is a little bit. I mean, they're still hand picking opponents. There's no question, but he's at, being at least, progressed at a more, I guess, predictable and traditional way sure but yeah so let's say like hand-picked opponent but it was a hand-picked opponent like in the top 30 you know it's like this opponent was arguably better than some of the guys that oscar valdez fought you know for his vacant title when he won it and after he won it you know like um not great but you know it's this is finally the level of fighter where you can actually respect what lopez is doing and say this shows that he is a good fighter, and it's not just him beating up an overmatched opponent the top rank has picked for him. You know, it still was that to some extent, but it's like it's on the level of, yeah, but he was like a top 30 guy. So even if he's a hand-picked top 30 guy, it's like he's at that level. So, um, yeah, it was it was a very good, very competent performance. I mean, something I'd wondered with uh, Lopez, which you wonder about all prospects who are blowing guys out, is, you know, are they going to run out of ideas when their power shot suddenly isn't knocking out their opponent? Yes. And... In this in this fight, and I would say to some extent in his last fight again as well against Diego Magdaleno, he went for a KO early, but then he settled in and broke his man down, and that's what you want to see. He was landing very, very, very hard body shots, but not you know they were body shots which were deliberate and meant to break down his opponent, and that's ultimately what happened. I mean, it was a devastating body shot, and he had been landing hard shots before that, so. It was a mature performance. It was a good level of opponent. You know, it was a mature performance for a 21-year-old. It was a good level of opponent for a 21-year-old. Um, it looks like he might be able to fight either Richard Comey for a title, which would be an excellent fight and would mean you know a lot to me if he took that fight and if he did well in it. Um, looks like he might also have a chance to fight Luke Campbell for a vacant WBC belt. Um, if and when Garcia finalizes his decision to not come back down to 135. So that would be, you know, <laughs> a less impressive win potentially, but it would, you know, it would still be a good win. Uh, Luke Campbell is still some version of a name that wouldn't be the worst opponent to fight for a vacant title. So he's a, he's on a good path. It's sort of like we talked about Crawford where for the level Crawford is at, he doesn't have the right type of opponents. Lopez is the reverse. The top rank has a bunch of good options for the level that he's at. He keeps passing the tests that are put in front of him. And he's got, you know, a path even. He said he's outgrowing 135. They've got a bunch of very beatable guys at 145 yep. that he could, you know, would be really showcase opponents for him. So, um, yeah, I mean, he has a great path in front of him, much more so than uh crawford and comparing him to Shakur stevenson despite what max kellerman said about him being the immediate favorite against the champions i don't think that's true but he is a pretty good path as well um you know i think he could potentially outbox oscar valdez i mean that's jumping the gun a little bit like you know the level of opponent he was in with it doesn't quite get you to that level but i mean oscar valdez has looked very very beatable uh josh warrington unfortunately has never looked that strong i mean he's coming off the two best wins of his career but um still feels like has overperformed in those fights so stevenson has some good fights too in front of him so um you know again you want to see with a prospect 
or any fighter in general. It's not just how do they perform, but what do their next few fights look like? And and both of them have pretty good paths in front of them. I mean, Lopez especially. Yeah, I, th- I think Top Rank is very strong in the divisions that these both got that these guys both uh, are going to be fighting in, and that includes the potential of them more, uh, moving up. Uh, they have enough to do for these guys at 126 all the way up to 140. Um, if if that's the plan for either guy to move up, although um, that comment about Stevenson being the favorite over anyone at featherweight is just ridiculous. Um, he'd be close to even money with Warrington if they made that fight with Warrington probably having the edge. Um, the best shot, like you said, would be Valdez. And even then, and I haven't seen this fight, so I'm judging off of everything that I've seen from Stevenson. And this is coming from somebody who is much higher on Stevenson, uh, certainly than you are. Um, but I, I also know when a guy's not that ready yet. And, and I could predictably see what I guess I'm going to see when I when I go back and watch this. Uh, a guy struggling with somebody who forces him to fight in a style that he doesn't traditionally fight in. And you mentioned well, and to be he, clear, I mean, he was dominant in the second half of the fight, but he was forced to box in a way that really was not crowd pleasing. Well, you said that when he was inside, he didn't do well. You right. Know, what he, do you do? Definitely. If you, if, I mean, so so that guy who struggled on the inside is going to do well against Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah, again, it's like, <laughs> okay. come on, guys. Like, I mean, or Oscar Valdez, if he, Oscar Valdez yeah, took they, him inside. That was, there were a lot of ridiculous sort of uh, just, I mean, shocking quotes by people on the broadcast. That was probably the worst one. That was probably the, the shittiest shit take of all the shit takes on the broadcast. And with that, we won't give you guys any more. That's it for this episode. Cool. Tom, Are you going to do one with uh, Fred tomorrow? Um... Probably not. Maybe. There's well, certainly there some plenty things of things to preview. Things There's to the PBC. Yeah, I mean, we I hope you do some it. version of a podcast. We may anyway, leave it for, uh, for, for Monday because tomorrow's a late. holiday. Oh, want, yeah, yeah. And I want people sure. to get a chance to listen to this one. So, everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the pay-per-view. Um, I hope you enjoyed both cards tonight. I hope you got a chance to watch all the fights. There were certainly some good ones. Alfredo Angulo is back. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing some to see Alfredo Angulo good, in person. Uh, PBC prospect performances, uh, including a TMT prospect who busted a guy's face open. Rolando Romero uh, put a guy out, like dangerously out. Who, if you don't know, he's the guy who beat up Ryan Garcia in sparring and posted the video of it on Instagram. Dude, Angulo is even slower in person. Like, I don't know how he does it. But hey, it PBC's is, next pay-per-view up against Travis Jr. Let's dude, see it. Dude, it is amazing. It is amazing what what Angulo, like, I, I, I man. Okay, who's slower, him or Joe Joyce? Angulo. I've oh, seen them Jesus. both. Angulo is slower. But let me tell you something. Those punches land loud. I don't know how he puts any power on them, but it is ridiculous. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, you want to hear about all that? I guess we'll have to do another episode. Thanks, Tom. Uh, I know it's late, so have a good night. You still playing games. You gonna think it's a joke until they no longer remember your name. That's how he's doing. Make powers disappear, and it's in there.